We acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded, ancestral, and occupied traditional territory of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish nations of the Coast Salish peoples. In some parts of Canada, treaties were signed with First Nations that gave incoming settlers rights to much of the land, while in other areas, few or no treaties were signed. Unceded land was never given or legally signed away to Britain or Canada. It was stolen and continues to be occupied and governed by settlers today. As we live, work, surf and play, we are grateful to the Métis, Inuit and Indigenous peoples of Turtle Island and from around the world who have stewarded these lands and sacred surf spots for thousands of years. We recognize their amazing resistance, resilience and strength in the face of ongoing dispossession, colonial violence and injustice. In particular, we wish for justice to be brought for the murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls from across our country. We believe that for true healing and harmony to occur, we must reflect and speak up about oppression while working together as we move forward in truth and reconciliation. We can be better. We can do better. Freshies, welcome to Permastoke. I am your host, Derek Hyatt. In this podcast, we talk to your favorite surfers and stand-up paddleboarders from across the Great Lakes, Canada, the U.S., and beyond. Take a peek into their lives and find out what it means to be stoked. Is it a natural state of euphoria, elation, a relentless commitment? I also talk to other Permastoke individuals related to surf culture, such as artists, entrepreneurs, filmmakers, musicians, philanthropists, yogis, and much more. Join me in learning from these field experts and enthusiasts while being inspired by their undying passion, insights, and rad tales. Permastoke is brought to you by Freshwater Surf Kids, your surf brand devoted to spreading the stoke across the unsalted seas and cultivating pride amongst the surf community. We do this by providing products and apparel that celebrate what makes both Great Lakes and Canadian surf culture so special. Stand out in the tribe by rocking our signature tee that features rad monoline illustrations of surfers shredding it up on each of the Great Lakes. Visit freshwatersurfbids.com for yours today. And be sure to check out our stand-up paddleboard school. With future plans to relocate to Southern Ontario, we currently offer basic and advanced courses private lessons, tours, custom experiences, and sup yoga in the waterways of beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. Connect with Mother Ocean, have fun, enjoy good company, and the West Coast sights and wildlife as you take your skills from okay to killer with a Paddle Canada certified instructor. If you'd rather stay dry, check out our Great Vibes Yoga Meditation and Healing Program. Aloha is a life force energy of loving and living in harmony with all my relations. Through movement, mantra, meditation, and breath, our classes reveal to seekers how to merge with their higher self so they may spread great vibrations and the spirit of aloha throughout the global consciousness. We use powerful technologies such as kundalini yoga and the Hawaiian art of ho'oponopono to calm the nervous system and leave you feeling uplifted and in harmony with mind, body, and spirit. Enjoy community, connection, and a chill atmosphere filled with great vibes and sacred ancient teachings delivered with humor and integrity. We're going surfing in Tofino. That's right. On today's episode, we catch up with Tofitian waterman Emery Bosu. Mahalo to the Planet Smashers and Stomp Records for allowing us to play surfing in Tofino off their 1999 album Life of the Party. This episode was recorded on Saturday, April 25th, 2020. It's family friendly with only a few minor swear words but no F bombs. In the fall of 2019, I attended the fifth annual West Coast Sub Symposium in Tofino hosted by Swell Education and South Island Sup. This is where I met today's guest, Emery Bosu. 
Emery is the founder and owner of Swell Education, Paddle and Surf Pacino, and star of the video Wild Coast. Emery is a well-known Paddle Canada instructor trainer in Tokino, BC, and pioneer in BC's stand-up paddle surfing scene. Drawing upon his two decades of experience guiding, he has developed one of Canada's most comprehensive SUP programs. He's extremely passionate about instructing and sharing the joy of paddle surfing with others. Emery has certainly played a role in helping me develop and improve my SUP surfing skills. I even received my SUP Skills 1 Paddle Canada instructing certificate through Emery, and I highly recommend the experience to anyone looking to further their SUP surf skills. But what I found extremely helpful with Emery is his understanding of the sea. A true waterman, I have greatly appreciated the learning that I've received through our chats and beach talks about water conditions and weather. In this episode, we talked to Emery about Tofino's reaction to coronavirus COVID-19, the annual West Coast Sub Symposium, and his journey through life, beginning with whitewater kayaking in Lake Ontario to working across the country and internationally as a guide and instructor, to finally living the dream as an innovator in stand-up paddle surfing on Canada's West Coast. Emery is always stoked to share his love for catching waves and learning in the outdoors. I hope you enjoy listening to him and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed having a conversation with him. Mahalo for listening and enjoy the show. Emery, welcome to Permastoke, the podcast. How's it going, dude? Pretty good. Great to be here. Right on, man. Nice to see you, dude. Uh, how you been? Been pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Hunkered down in Tofino. Yeah. So today is what? April 25th. We are amidst COVID-19. That's right. Yeah. So living in a place like Tofino that lives and breathes off of tourism. Yeah. Uh, what does that look like right now for you guys? It looks a lot more quiet than it would be at this time of the year. That's for sure. Wow. Yeah. 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 yeah no, um, all essentially tourism operations are shut down. So including uh, my paddling and surfing operation and um because essentially uh, i mean now bc's uh in a state of emergency but even before that Tofino made the call to shut down because similar to other small communities uh don't have the ability to deal with the you know influx of people coming in and out and the effect that that would have of spreading covid in a community with not too many resources yeah yeah i got the hint pretty early on like on social media it's normally mm-hmm. hey come on down to tofino suddenly yeah. the message was do not come here that's right <laughs> do not want your illness from the rest of the world brought to our little sanctuary yeah it's a it's a strange message to be putting out like you said as a town that you know does essentially live off tourism and it's not that we don't ever want people to come it's Obviously, right now is not a good time to be traveling to smaller communities, whether it's Tofino or other places. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you guys have a very small hospital there. Are there any confirmed cases in Tofino? I don't think that we would know if there was. Uh, it seems like the, uh, like the town doesn't seem to be overwhelmed, which is good. Um, but in general, I, I think it's kind of a, a policy Thing for um, not identifying where cases are. So even if there was a case here, um, yeah, it, it's it's not going to be something that the town knows about. Yeah. So are locals still surfing? Um, well, yeah, it's it's uh, the the beaches in town. I, I mean, Tofino's been treading the the fine line of kind of keeping things open for people in terms of you know we don't have to completely stay in our houses as long as you act in a responsible way with. Uh, physical distancing um, we're still able to go outside so the beaches in Tofino are still open but uh, you know having said that there's big signs everywhere that says don't ruin a good thing and uh, you know respect uh, essentially uh, doing your part of um, keeping separated from from people but the park, the national park and things like that, those are all closed. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a short term sacrifice, hopefully for a long term payoff. Exactly. And I mean, you look at other communities that have uh, closed down even harder. Like, I'm not sure if you heard the word about New Zealand uh, that came out towards the end of last week or this week. 
just within the last couple of days and they did a hard lockdown and um, now they seem to be kind of one of the countries that's able to open up the most with with restrictions but uh, yeah so it does pay off in the long term I think yeah right on yeah well there's lots of people on the internet screaming that they want to go and get their hair cut uh, it looks like you're not concerned with that no I actually <laughs> did cut my hair recently so. oh you did yeah <laughs> Yeah. Nice, man. Great time awesome. to try out the uh, the home barber. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm always envious. <laughs> so I know who you are, but, uh, you know, the audience here will get to know you through this podcast. But I want to basically just start off with, you know, from Turkey to Brampton, from Brampton to Tofino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your origin story, man? How did you yeah. get from Ontario dude like me to West okay. Coast? surfer maniac yeah started off surfing the lake waves yeah yeah back in those days i was in a kayak so i grew up in uh burlington ontario i mean my uh family's from turkey so i came to canada when i was two that part i don't remember so well (laughs) so (laughs) yeah grew up in burlington and um yeah i was pretty lucky to get into paddling at a at a young age through essentially a high school club. Um, some of my other friends were doing it. So it was a whitewater kayaking club. But we would have to drive, um, you know, an hour or over an hour to get to the usual rivers that we would paddle. But uh, Burlington's located on Lake Ontario. And when the winds pick up, you actually get some waves there. So that was actually uh, kind of my introduction to surfing waves was in a kayak catching lake waves. And back then, so this is like the 90s um uh the lake surf scene was definitely not what it is today i mean um when i go back and visit my parents and there's surf you always see a couple people out there uh but that was never the case i mean yeah uh, especially on the canada side yes yeah Yeah. that's true I, i don't yeah yeah you think it was more stuff happening in the states back then potentially there was but i yeah. think it still has exploded more since then definitely yeah but yeah they've you know they have more people there generally so more people equals more curiosity they're probably going to get to things sooner than us but we've caught on and we are out there now that's right yeah so, so when you started kayaking it was not just whitewater kayaking you were doing you were touring and everything else right but you really thrived off the waves mostly whitewater but that's it's that sense of kind of uh playing around in a dynamic environment i mean a big part of whitewater kayaking is actually uh riding river waves uh so standing waves things like that and uh that's i think the connection to for example surfing in a lake or surfing in the ocean the dynamics of and the fun of surfing kind of you know, being in the moment of this kind of not chaotic environment, but when, when there's, um, it's that, uh, exhilaration, I think that people get kind of attached to, um, is very similar, whether it's a, a lake wave and ocean wave or river wave, the actual dynamics of surfing are similar. The waves are the same, but, uh, yeah. So that was kind of my my intro there, and I pursued whitewater kayaking for a while. I actually worked on rivers for a long time and worked as a kayak instructor and raft guide. But in the meantime, my passion for surfing on the ocean and um, uh, surfing on a, a surfboard kind of grew. It's just another tool to interact with the waves. So, so how did that how did that transference occur from kayak to sup or to surf? Yeah, it's a good. Uh, it's it's pretty fun surfing on a board rather than in your kayak. I mean, okay. there's a big difference in your range of motion, your ability to stand, just what you can do on the wave. So, um, I mean, my friends and I were always into or kind of got into regular surfing as well. Um, I'm not too sure. Out of Burlington? Yeah, out of Burlington. Yeah, exactly. We'd go on like the odd surf trip and stuff like that, even down to, you know, the East Coast of the States or Costa Rica. And, you know, oh, so it's kind of like a cumulative i guess uh um spark in in uh it's an easy transfer from from one sport over to the other in terms of you're still surfing waves um so it was it had been building and accumulating yeah 
Exactly. Yeah. And even, um, uh, you, you know, river surfing eventually became a thing with people going out on rivers on surfboards and stuff like that, which we see all over um, in certain spots now. Um, yeah. I read was, something about you surfing a standing wave in Montreal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to university in Montreal and uh, that was a time where I kind of switched from kayaking to being on a surfboard on those waves. I mean, the waves around Montreal are ideal um, for um, being, being able to uh, surf them on a surfboard. Like they're not, they're relatively easy access and, and, uh, they've got larger kind of glassy faces than some other river waves. So, um, Oh, so you were getting real, you were getting actual breaking waves rather than just the standing wave there. Yeah. Standing wave, but some, you know, standing waves in some rivers are a lot more of a foam pile or something like that. Oh, okay. Whereas in Montreal, it's, uh, yeah, they, they can be pretty nice waves. Um, yeah. Nice. So, yeah. Did I, you have to compete for space on that or was it? It gets, it, the scene there has definitely gotten a lot more crowded now. I mean, there's different r- etiquette in the rivers where, um, again, you're waiting for the person that's on the wave to kind of flush off until the next person goes and yeah. so on. So it's a little different than in the ocean when you're almost, you know, trying to catch the same wave sometimes as other people. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's, uh, I would go out early mornings and kind of try to get away from the crowds then. And even back then it wasn't like it is now. So yeah, I was usually out of, out of Montreal and, and raft guiding during the summers anyway, which is kind of the busier time. So yeah. I was that guy that, that was in the water and, you know, March and April, early morning. So it was quiet then. I love that, you know, you and I are both in our thirties, but because we started surfing like 20 or so years ago, we've been doing this quite a long time. And, and in the, especially in the Great Lakes scene before it, it really caught on in Canada, at least. So it's funny that you and I are both like, yeah, back in my day, we yeah. used to. <laughs> and obviously there was people, I mean, doing it well before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's true that it has really, uh, I mean, I, I still kind of follow everything or try to kind of keep in touch with what's going on around the, the lakes. Obviously, it holds a special spot in my heart. Uh, yeah, for sure. Being where I grew up, and uh, yeah, but just seeing the amount of excitement and uh, just how many people are in the water is totally different than what I experienced. Yeah. Do you get yeah. back to those lake waves ever? I do every time I, uh, you know, I'm in Burlington or something like that uh, on a uh, holiday family visit. Um, if there, I'll keep an eye on the forecast and yeah, if there's, if there's waves, I'll try to rally up some friends. Mostly it's, I mean, it's a good excuse to get back in the water with some friends. And I mean, there's even some spots like, um, um, for example, like the bluffs or around, uh, Toronto, which I've never been to yet. I mean, a bit of a drive from Burlington, but, uh, I'd love to check out the scene there if it ever works out because it's interesting seeing the these kind of local surf scenes as well. For sure. Well, I just recently uh, interviewed Larry Cavero, who is a really well-known surfer out of the bluff scene especially. Yep, and, I definitely uh, know who you're talking about. Okay. I mean, he's probably one of the most stoked guys out there. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. he is like, seems like the easiest guy to become friends with. So I'm sure if you go back there and you send him a text or something, you'd have a buddy for life and he'd take you there for sure so i know i really want to check that out as well yeah yeah exactly so then you know for me i'm not much of a kayaker i tried kayaking once i didn't have a a lot of success in it and being a sup instructor you know there's all the kayak guys there's like 20 of them and then there'll be like two or three of us sup people right yeah and i'm fine with that but i'm wondering the the sensation you're talking about or as we call it in this culture the stoke right Mm -hmm. so is it the same kind of thing when you're kayaking do you get did you get bit by that stoke where it's like god i can never not do this yeah i think so and i think that's i mean that's definitely the first thing that i pursued in the sense of i want to do this on a more consistent basis so you know growing up we would maybe get out on the weekends or so on and um as i went through school uh, working as a guide in the summers was the first way to kind of you know be on the river throughout the whole summer um yeah so and i think that's kind of spread to just that idea of kind of basing my life around being able to do what i love on a 
on a regular basis. I read a quote that you said something to the effect of um, you follow wave energy or you live your life according to wave energy. What do you mean by that? Always keeping an eye on the swell. Nice. Maybe. Um, Yeah, I'm not too sure. I'd have to see the specifics of that quote. But I mean, uh, I think being connected to... You know, it's easy for surfing to turn into a little bit of an obsession. And um, I, I think, especially with the ocean, there's always these um, uh, these moments of perfection that you're chasing after. Like, uh, there's a number of things affecting the, the surf conditions, right? So when all the stars line up, um, you get that perfect day. And then after it's over, you kind of want to get the next one. So I find that... Uh, yeah, it's it's an it, it's exciting because it keeps me connected with what's going on with the environment around me and uh, and the energy that's in the ocean. But it's also that kind of continuous pursuit that okay, this this is an ever changing medium and uh, meaning like the ocean conditions. So um, yeah. there's that obsession of trying to wanting to be connected so that you can be on it when it's going off. Yeah. So one of the things I admire about you is, well, first of all, for myself, I consider myself a complete soul surfer. Like it's just the sensation. You know, when I caught that first wave back on Lake Erie, I was 18, 19, something like that. It was life changing. It was like, okay, you know, I've never fit in with the hockey crowd. I've never quite Mm -hmm. found my place here as a Canadian and growing up in this small town. And suddenly it was like, this is me. This is what I do. And easily, you know, just fit into my life. Um, But in terms of being a real well-rounded waterman, um, I had worked on a commercial fishing boat. I'd fished my whole life. I'd body surfed my whole life. Um, So I had some of that. But in terms of the weather and knowing, you know, the signs and indications of of waves and whatnot for me that went as far as poking my ear out the window like i would just listen are there waves i would hear them and if there were i would go in terms of weather forecasting and all that i mean i didn't have anyone to learn from i was you know i was on my own figuring this thing out so you know recently with doing some uh surf sup skills courses through you and then of course i got my um surf sup instructors certificate through you it was really um yeah like i said i really admired how much you knew and understand the sea and what's happening you know under the waves and uh that's something that you know as you know i'm i'm always working on i do not have a science brain but still i find it really fascinating and i've I've certainly learned a lot of that from you so where did that come from for yourself is that through kayaking as well or yeah that's a great question and i think that there is like some sort of uh roots in all these type of you know, environment-based sports that we do, whether it's like kayaking or playing around in the mountains and looking at snow forecasts and stuff like that. I think I've always had an interest in digging a little bit deeper to understand how things work or, oh, why was this, you know, five-star forecast that I looked at today so accurate, whereas the other day when I saw the same kind of thing, why was it so off? So kind of digging a little bit deeper into understanding beyond just those initial numbers that you might see when you kind of, you know, pull up a forecasting site. Um, and, uh, and uh, I mean, also working in the industry and stuff like that, it's not just, you know, trying to find my own surf conditions, but also, or paddling conditions. It's also has a kind of day-to-day effect on, making sure groups out there are safe, making sure you're planning for the day and so on. So it kind of has that, um, uh, not like a double connotation, but I just get more practice because of that as well. So it's, it's kind of like a work and pleasure thing. And the more you dig into it, kind of the more you learn. And um, yeah, so I think it comes from that idea of trying to understand what's actually happening out there beyond the numbers. And um, yeah, maybe a little bit about also how people understand things. For example, I find it a lot easier for myself to understand trends um, and and larger concepts rather than kind of memorizing details or things like that. So if I have an idea of what's happening with the weather or how um, essentially the weather follows certain patterns when it comes to winds, different pressure systems, how those affect the swell. 
eventually you can piece together the the clues um, or these signs to get a deeper understanding of what's going on and also how that you know anticipated forecast might change so it's uh you know sometimes people look at forecasts and they're like oh it's never accurate and fair enough things change all the time but it's interesting understanding why it wasn't accurate well it's like oh it it's not that it wasn't accurate. It's just that, oh, this low pressure system moved just a little bit in a different direction. And that's how this changed the whole larger picture of what's going on. Gotcha. So what are the perfect conditions in your mind for a, a surf day in Tofino? Perfect conditions? Oh, that's, a, I mean, for everyone loves light winds, right? When you get that kind of glassy water with light winds, maybe a little bit of offshore, that's ideal. And then from there, when it comes to the actual swell, I don't think that there's one specific swell that's, you know, you can look at the numbers of a forecast and it could be the same numbers that you saw, you know, last time it was perfect, but you never know, it's never going to be the same. So I think that with the constantly changing tides and even, um, you know, dynamics of the beaches and stuff like that, it's that ability to always be exploring in terms of um, looking at new ways that waves can be breaking or never kind of sticking to, you know, one defined, okay, it's always going to be good here, but kind of being open to, oh, wow, this forecast didn't materialize as much as I thought in one spot, but wonder what it's doing in another spot. So that constant kind of feeds that constant search that um, you might have. But overall, um, you know, for me, long period, period is that kind of hidden concept sometimes when it comes to surf forecasting that initially, especially at a earlier stage of my surfing career, I didn't realize how much it affected the waves, but longer period means more power usually. So um, I do enjoy when the waves have a little bit more punch to them for sure. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And for me to really hinder my handicap even further is when you go to Tofino, you know, you just talk to the locals, where do I go today? You know, Cox, Chesterman, whatever it is. And they yeah. tell you exactly where to go, where it's going to be best. So it takes some of the, the uh, thinking out of it. So totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, you touched upon something earlier too, when you were talking about just that idea of soul surfing or you don't always need perfect conditions, right? And what's um, perfect for one person is definitely not perfect for the other person. And, uh, you know, as you're going to the surf, you'll see people asking each other, like, how was it and stuff like that. And that's always interesting to do as well. But I see over and over again, what some one person might think is amazing is not what the other person thinks is amazing. And yeah. as long as you're kind of feeding your own passion for the sport and kind of having fun uh i think that's the the most important thing and definitely i think some of the most fun sessions aren't necessarily when the waves are like pumping but it's more so when you're out there with good people and good vibes and right when you're when you're kind of in your own groove of having fun that's yeah the for sure yeah. yeah and i found you know especially talking to guys like you and me and other great lake surfers or guys who started there people who started there anyhow yeah um you take whatever right like the waves aren't every day out there so when they come even if it's a foot of whitewash it's like if i can stand up i am out there right so that's right yeah 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 sometimes i'll look at at the conditions and uh, just as a point of reference i'll be like well you know if this was on the lakes i'd probably go out but yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> Or maybe it's going to be pretty shitty, which means a lot of people won't be out. So I will go out. There you go. That's another thing, right? Yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. Okay. So you decided that you didn't want to sit on your ass anymore. You wanted to stand up and ride. That's away. right. <laughs> yeah. So what did that look like, man? How do you get out to Tofino and eventually, you know, open up or, or co-found anyhow, Tashi Paddle, which has yeah. led into swell education. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, um, I actually, well before, or I guess a similar time to coming out to Tofino or discovering Tofino for myself for the first time, I was a teenager. I was working at summer camps in the, as my first kind of, you know, teenage job. Um, and I, I don't know what it was, the attraction of BC. I mean, it's pretty easy to understand. It's got the mountains and the ocean 
And I decided to try out uh, working at a summer camp in, uh, in BC rather than Ontario as a way of kind of working and being able to discover a new area at the same time. Uh, it was at the end of that summer that I took my first trip out to Tofino. I was saying I was already kind of into essentially, um, you know, catching waves. And I think that was probably my first time on a surfboard. Um, this is like back in... Uh, probably the year 2000. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, after that, it's kind of, you you get a bit familiar with the place or cool, there's this place in, you know, Canada that we can go out and go surfing. So uh, just started taking more regular trips out to Tofino through the times that I was working at uh, summer camps in BC. And then um, when I finished school, I was uh, interested. What was your, what was your degree in or or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I I, uh, went to McGill and I studied business. Okay. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Which has played a a part in a way. It has. Yeah, Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. I I don't know if uh, like how direct the links are, um, how much I actually pull from the, the, the classes that I took or whatnot, because I was quite some time ago, but yep, I, uh, you know, had the opportunity to, to go to university. So I figured I'd do that, but throughout that time also realized that I wanted to build my life around kind of living somewhere where I could, um, uh, do what I'm passionate about on a regular basis. So yeah, when I finished school, I was interested to live and um, kind of build a life in different areas that allowed me to pursue my passion. So I kind of had a, you know, list of some places that I wanted to go to. And before I uh, traveled abroad a little bit, I wanted to explore some spots around Canada. And it just happened to be that it was a good time to try living in Tofino and just see what it's like to actually live here and work here. Um, and I did kind of like a, a one year stint here. Uh, I actually skipped the summer uh, to go raft batting at the time and came back. So kind of missed the the busy tourist season at that. Oh, but uh, that's what really accelerated my surfing was, you know, living in Tofino throughout the winter and not working much, but spending lots of time in the ocean and um, yeah. Doing real work. Yeah, ex- I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> And after that, it was, uh, I think, after spending that year here and then leaving, I it was a bit more clear to me that this is where I'd like to, I could see myself for a, a longer time. So when I came back in 2011, I came back with the intention that I'd like to try to build a life here. And yeah. So- that must, yeah. Leaving Tofino, man, I can't imagine. That must have been heartbreaking. I'm like, I feel like I'm going through a breakup every time I just leave after a weekend being there. You do appreciate how special of a spot it is for sure. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, there's lots of special places around the world. And I definitely went to live in some kind of cool other spots. I lived in the southwest of France for a while and mm. also uh, spent some time along uh, Central America. So you know, it wasn't uh, wasn't too rough of a life, but For still, sure, yeah. it stuck out that Tofino's a special spot. But in Canada, I mean, it's just got everything you want. It's got the woods. It's got that campfire smell in the air. Cool people. You know, wildlife and surf. I mean, that's the that's the added bonus. And yeah. at one time, you know, from what I understand, that you know, it was a, a lumber town. It wasn't. The, the surf town and i suppose even you being there from 2011 you've probably seen the town change quite a bit in that time as well yeah i think at that time it was still very much i mean it, it wasn't uh that that different like tourism was a full full force okay. i think from kind of the late 90s early 2000s was the real kind of uptick in in tourism here but you know there's um yeah you you even see pictures from you know the 70s and stuff like that before the national park was put in and stuff and there was you know cars all over long beach and so it's not that it was a, a secret or uh you know people weren't coming here but i think the actual tourism industry just kind of continued to grow as yeah, more people made it a vacation spot. Uh, I see. Yeah. 
Yeah. What about even though the, the cost of living and things like that? Have you seen that change from 2011 till now, or has that been fairly steady? I think it was already on the rise then. I mean, and uh, like it was already crazy then. And it, and it hasn't changed in the sense that it, it's only gotten more crazy, right? Yeah. But okay. I think that's also a similar thing that you see in all areas of the world that are these beautiful places. And um, it, yeah, I mean, that's a, a deeper conversation about uh, our kind of economic systems that we have. And uh, yeah, if there's a high demand for uh, people to essentially buy vacation homes and, you know, it's a world world destination. So it definitely drives up the, the price of everything, right? When the, the yeah. cost of property is high. It, yeah. Okay, so you came into Tofino 2011, things were already swinging, but paddle surfing, on the other hand, mm -hmm. was still fairly in its infancy in Tofino anyhow, is that correct? Yeah. And I would say even, I mean, around the world compared to what it is now, right? Okay. Um, yeah. At that time, like paddleboarding was definitely a, a thing, um, but it wasn't it was still a type of sport that people might be kind of intimidated to try or, Oh, it must be hard to stand on those boards. Mm -hmm. You know, now when you talk to people about paddle boarding, I think it's kind of a mainstream paddle sport and uh, people might even think about, you know, Hey, let's go paddling. They're thinking about going out on a paddle board. I'm sure around Vancouver and stuff like that, you kind of see a similar thing. So yeah, I think just along with that same world trend, it was definitely a newer sport or not fully adopted into the mainstream during 2011. There definitely wasn't uh, too much happening here commercially with paddleboarding at that time. And uh, I actually um, initially got a job when I moved out back out to Tofino uh, as a sea kayak guide. So, you know, I was working in the whitewater world and kayaking for a long time and it was just a easy kind of or uh you know a way to keep guiding and uh be on the water um and i already had the the skills and certs from uh guiding in other spots so started sea kayak guiding here which was a great way to also kind of learn the waters uh other than the surf around tofino like uh learn the aspects of touring and things like that around here um and my passion was always uh, again like i was fully into surfing at this time so i was watching paddleboarding emerge and more and more so and also just the the paddling world in general, right? It went from kind of something that's pretty niche and then all these paddling magazines are kind of including paddleboarding gear and everything. And I just kind of saw this trend building. And at the same time, um, I just thought it'd be a great way to kind of combine my passions. So I started off with that idea of like, oh, you know, maybe rather than getting a long board to go surfing with, I could get a paddle board and it would be a, a more versatile craft. I can go surfing with it, but I could also tour around the area and explore. And yeah, it was, I just saw it as a sport that kind of combined my different passions. And I also saw that um, even though there were some people doing it here at the time, I didn't see so much of an approach to paddle boarding from a paddling background, like a, um, a, especially an instructional background that's rooted in uh, paddling rather than surfing. So I just saw that there was kind of room to explore there. Nice. Yeah. So that explains how you sort of went the route of paddle surfing versus just regular prone surfing. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, you know, I probably, in the, the time that I spent in the surf itself right now, um, it's probably pretty equal. Like I mm. sur surf on a regular prone board um, and on a paddle board, I, it's kind of uh, an addition to the quiver based on the conditions. So it's... It's pretty, I feel lucky to have the, the, the range of skills to be able to do both. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I am as well. I remember in the, I don't know, maybe 2012, 13, like earlier in the decade, anyhow, I remember going to Tofino and seeing those stickers that had a clown on it, on yeah. the subboard surfing. Yeah. And, you know, and that kind of left a, a taste in your mouth. You're like, oh, okay, why are they such clowns? I mean, they're still surfing, but whatever. But I, yeah. I have definitely seen that attitude shift um do you think that people are more do you think that stand-up paddle surfing has a wider reach or entry level than prone surfing do you find it less intimidating for for new riders you know that that's a i think like that touches upon a, a very uh interesting thing that there's kind of many aspects to 
I do think that once you get the paddling part down, then it's easier to catch your first waves on a paddleboard. Or let's say like your first green waves where you're not just riding the whitewash, but you're actually catching that breaking wave. Um, but the paddling part's kind of hard to learn, right? If you um, had access to that in somewhat calm conditions, like it doesn't have to be out in the ocean where there's uh, swell, but anywhere where you can actually practice okay, I can get this board moving forward. I can turn the board. I can move around the board a little bit. If you get those things down, then getting into the surf and being successful in the surf is that much easier. But if you just hop on a board with that constantly changing you know, environment of being in the swell, it's an uphill battle and it's easier to be kind of, you know, lying down on your surfboard. So I think um, even though paddleboarding is definitely kind of uh, something that people around here have embraced in terms of a way to be on the water, uh, paddle surfing itself is still extremely niche because it requires that, you know, it's a, it's a different set of skills. And especially if you already have the surfing part down on a surfboard, it's hard to kind of jump back and be a beginner again at a sport. Um, yeah yeah so yeah it's a learning curve yeah certainly i man i wish sup was around in the early 2000s that i knew of it anyways i mean that would have given me something to do the other you know 300 and something days a year that i wasn't able to surf so you know whether on whatever craft you're you're uh surfing on it's funny you know sometimes surfing has this kind of uh, um image as maybe a a aggressive sport or something like that but it's all Mm -hmm. about working with the with the water and working with the conditions right it's more about technique than it is about power or, or strength or anything like that so again whether you're on a paddleboard or a surfboard i think it's accessible to all ages if you kind of take that approach of i'm not fighting the ocean i'm working with the ocean working with it yeah, yeah. nice i like that philosophy so tashi paddle you know you, you talked about that a bit and mm-hmm. it, you know there's been some changes there and now you're going by swell education that's right yeah so what is the current status of, of swell and where where do you see this? What's the future? What's the yeah. future like? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, Tasha had started off with the, my partner at the time, and uh, it was a great way to kind of um, work together, start a business from scratch, grow it into the various areas. And I think we we're kind of learning and, and doing at the, the same time. And um, uh, kind of got to a point to decide to go our own separate ways and it made more sense to do uh or continue you know doing what my expertise was in the area so paddleboarding surfing i also uh do guide training like the for example the instructor course that you were talking about the surf instructor course which uh which you took and i also teach uh first aid courses uh in the area. So, oh, the, that overall concept of a outdoor education school, um, with a specific focus of being on the water, um, is something that I wanted to continue. And, uh, um, I needed a new name for it. So (laughs) yeah, I thought, uh, it was nice to kind of come up with a swell. So it's all the same stuff I was doing with Tashi. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah. New name, new logo, kind of get a bit of a kind of a refresh in the sense. And it's pretty exciting because Tashi is actually going to continue, but uh, I won't be involved with it anymore. It's going to only be the uh, First Nation Canoe Tours, which is where that uh, Tashi is a word which is the uh the nation whose territory we're in here uh so it's a lot more kind of suiting as well for um tashi continuing as that first nations cultural experience and now swell continuing as paddleboarding surfing outdoor training first aid training yeah excellent so any uh any anything different do you have your eye on something in the horizon that we might not know about or or they're always the, changing and evolving yeah. i think that's part of uh kind of you know running a business in general, but, um, no, nothing like kind of profound in terms of, uh, I'm excited to kind of continue, uh, developing the things that I've done. I always love finding new ways to deliver courses and, um, um, 
offered Did you not me, get a, a new retail location or something though? Yeah. So, I mean, in the past, and that had more to do with the, just the regular things that are happening around Topino. So, um, we, I'd always operated, uh, uh, on the inlet and at the beach, kind of nice where you live on this, you know, essentially thin strip of land that has ocean on both sides. So had access to, to both those launching spots, but, um, the location on the inlet um, was uh, essentially uh, is going under uh, or is, uh, has been under renovations for the last little while. So just over the last year, I haven't operated on the inlet at all. And um, when Hotel Z opens up, so that's going to be the essentially the new name of the hotel that was at uh, or was previously Jamie's Rainforest Inn. Um, okay. Yeah, they've been doing some awesome stuff there. And uh, I'll be moving back into that location. So getting that inlet access back and still right. staying at Mackenzie Beach at um, Mackenzie Beach Campground. So or Mackenzie Beach Resort. Um, yeah. So, which, you know, the two locations are like only a kilometer away from each other. You don't, yeah. you don't have to drive very far in Tofino to get to the water. Nice. Yeah. Well, I hope to be there sooner than later, man. If you guys uh, let us in anytime soon, you know. That's right. Well, <laughs> it's, it's not a matter of, uh, and, and that's something that I think we're all in together, right? And yeah, for sure. And it's to hear, uh, you know, that everyone doing their part, even uh, nationally, that we can start talking about, okay, what's that next phase going to look? And I guarantee uh, Tofino is going to be looking forward to having visitors as soon as everyone's health and, you know, safety is, uh, is um, something that we can provide. With your students, just keep everybody one sup boards right. from each other yeah. and you'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. So Emery, you're a big, you know, Paddle Canada ambassador and mm -hmm. very involved with Paddle Canada. And so maybe tell us a bit about, about uh, you know, the vision of Paddle Canada as you see it and, and tell us about the SUP Symposium and what we have to look forward with that. Yeah, yeah. And SUP Symposium is definitely something that, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those kind of events that I look forward to. Uh, all year it just brings together the sup community but uh i mean paddle canada in general i was involved with paddle canada or uh you know took my first paddle canada courses back when i was kayaking so it's amazing that we have this you know national body that's kind of a a leader in paddle instruction when it comes to all the various discipline disciplines of paddling and i think they make it uh very accessible for everybody and there's um you know um great foundations set up in the various paddling programs but also allows for creativity for each instructor to be able to deliver the program in their own style. Um, so my role within Paddle Canada right now is I'm actually uh, the chair of the uh, the SUP uh, Paddle Development Committee, so the PDC we call it. And essentially it's a volunteer position. There's a group of us that um, try to keep the the program up to date, maybe make changes to it um and so on so um uh it, it's amazing that this national organization is also mostly you know volunteer right so mm -hmm. it's a great source for um everyone to to have and to also keep uh you know keep the standard uh for paddling instruction in general at a at a good level across canada yeah yeah any contributions you've made to that committee that you're especially proud of? Like any rules or guidelines or anything that you guys enacted? I mean, since I've been part of the committee, it's actually, uh, you know, the foundation of the SUP program has been, uh, was there already. And there's definitely lots of people that have put some good work into developing that program from scratch. Mm -hmm. I think uh, more and more so, you know, where the, where things go now is trying to make things as accessible for people as possible. So um, nothing that kind of sticks out in terms of like, here's the one, you know, landmark thing, but, uh, hopefully just helping instructors access the information and, uh, kind of work around, uh, their own, um, uh, or, uh, uh, how to adapt things to their own requirements as needed. So being a, as useful of a source 
as possible. And you were asking about the uh, the sub symposium, and uh, so one way that instructors essentially within the Paddle Canada world maintain their certification is uh, they attend a maintenance clinic um, every. Uh, four years. So, and that just keeps us kind of, you know, on top of our game. And uh, myself and Brian Raymer had this idea of kind of creating a paddleboarding event that's more based around uh, instruction and also bringing the kind of sub-guiding or sub-instruction community together. So uh, one component that we added to that is um, uh, that instructional component that also helps people maintain their uh, Paddle Canada sub-instructor cert. So it's kind of one part of the the symposium, but really, I think overall, the symposium is just a, a great way to kind of get everyone together, play on the ocean and uh, camping, beach fires, a great yeah. end of the year event. It was I wonder probably the most this year, though. With, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah it's uh, I mean, it's too soon to tell, but with the way, uh, you know, um, I, I, I. What is the tentative date? It's always uh, kind of the last weekend of September. Um, Sometimes as the dates shift, that could be the very, very start of October. But uh, this year, uh, you know, um, I didn't prepare the actual date, but you can look at it on the calendar. It's I think the 26th, 27th is the Saturday, Sunday. So it's that uh, of September. Um, yeah, we'll see. I think big events are going to be the last thing to open up regarding, uh, COVID-19. So, I mean, you hear about, you know, summer festivals and kind of concerts and things like that being canceled and it's, I don't know how likely it is that that kind of stuff opens up. I think more so we'll see, um, tourism come back to to Tofino in some way, but I don't know what our take will be on big events. But hey, if it uh, if we have to wait a little bit longer, the next year is going to be even better. So that's all right. Well, if conditions permit, I will be super stoked. If not, I can wait a year. But that was probably the most fun I had all last fall. That was just two days jam packed of sub surfing and getting to know like minded people and just some beautiful souls were at that event. Man, that was a lot of fun. Awesome. Giveaways, good sponsors. That's true. Yeah, and it you know it means a lot uh to get all the support from everyone that comes out like yourself and uh it's true it's fun to kind of you know go down to south chesterman and see like 35 sups in the water right not your usual um yeah not your usual thing when you go down to the beach to see so many people paddle borders in the surf and it's all done in a great way where we get to kind of spread out the skill level and uh, make sure everyone's safe and uh, still have a lot of fun. So for those listening who are Paddle Canada instructors, who is it that gets the the renewal for the four years? Is it, it would be basic instructors, advanced instructors, and what, surf one or two? or It's because we actually have the, the surfing and the touring components to the symposium. Um, we, it's instructors that fall anywhere from a sup surfing or a sup touring instructor all the way to, uh, flat water, whether it's advanced or basic. Yeah. Okay. So So if you're the one instructor group, it doesn't, um, uh, include is the river. River. River instruction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So if you're listening to this and you're coming up on your four years and you don't plan to um, become an instructor of another discipline or anything like that, this is a way to renew yourself for another four years by attending this event, refining your skills. Exactly. And it's one event and, 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 you know, there's been other, it doesn't have to be this event that you, you come out to. There's other uh, certification maintenance clinics uh, around the country. There's even other symposiums popping up that are doing similar things. Like I know that there was one run around the Montreal area last year, which is awesome to see. Um, and uh, just like speaking to instructors in general, there's also other ways that you can maintain uh, your certification. So again, the you, you know sometimes when it comes to certification maintenance, people are kind of scrambling at the last second to keep their cert up to date, but just realize that there is resources for you out there. And uh, hey, you can also reach out to me through Paddle Canada to the subcommittee in general through Paddle Canada, and we can help you work through some of that stuff. Right on, right on. 
Emery, man, it has been awesome talking to you, dude. Likewise. It's yeah. awesome to, to see what you're doing and keeping the stoke alive even through all these crazy times. For sure, yeah. Mahalo for being here, man. And uh, before I let you go, do you have anything to plug anywhere people can find you or email you or get connected for those lessons or the symposium? Yeah, thanks so much, actually. So uh, uh, should be pretty easy to find, uh, you know, Swell Paddle and Surf, Swell Tofino by Googling and got my website out there, my social media stuff is also swell tofino so uh that's kind of um i'm growing that again from scratch i've got like maybe a hundred followers so oh. hey if you want to give a follow that's great but mostly i'm uh gonna be spending some time hopefully coming out with um just some some resources for people to kind of learn while they're at home um I've got this dream of being able to break down some of the the surf instruction things that I'm that I talk about throughout my courses uh, online through okay. yeah. So you know, as long as uh, we're hunkered down at home, it's kind of a cool project for me to be working on. So yeah. hopefully, more of that in the future. If you ever do a weather forecasting, you know, workshop or masterclass, let me know. I'll be that's there. it. Yeah, awesome. And that's that's the kind of brainstorming ideas I need. So yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. planted the seed. Emery, you're living the dream, man. I wish I was there doing what you're doing, but I'm I'm working on getting there. And it's uh, an honor to have you as a friend and a teacher. And man, have a great rest of the day. Thank you so much. Great to connect. And uh, yeah, can't wait to be on the water again together. Hopefully sometime soon. Yeah, man, definitely. Stay stoked. Yes. See you later. I hope you enjoyed listening or watching the show. I want to once again say mahalo to the Planet Smashers and Stomp Records for allowing us to play Surfing in Tofino off their 1999 album, Life of the Party. And of course, once again, mahalo to my guest, Emery Bosu, for being a guest on the show and for his vast contributions to stand-up paddle surfing. To learn more and connect with Emery and Swell Education, visit tofinopaddle.com. And be sure to follow at Swell Tofino on Facebook and Instagram. And he's even on YouTube at Tofino Paddle. Be sure to watch Wild Post by Lee Visual at Vimeo.com slash Lee Visual slash Wild Post. For more information regarding Paddle Canada, visit PaddleCanada.com. If you're in Tofino, BC area and you're interested in taking any sub-skills or instructor courses, please contact Emery at info at tofinopaddle.com. If you're currently in Vancouver, BC or the Lower Mainland and are interested in taking any sub-skills courses, please contact me, Derek, at freshwatersurfkids.com. That's Derek spelled the Viking way, no double R's or C's, just D-E-R-I-K at freshwatersurfkids.com. Many people think that all there is to stand-up paddleboarding is knowing how to stand up and sticking your paddle in the water, but that's far from true. There's a lot of technique and form to perfect in order to maximize your paddling and save your body. I've taught even the most experienced paddlers various advanced turns and moves, and they were blown away at how helpful those moves were and even bewildered at the fact that they didn't know about them previously. It's, it's a big game changer. Not to mention when you take these courses, you get a really great lesson in weather, safety, and navigation. So we hope to paddle with you all soon. And we want to say a big mahalo to Mark Malibu and the Wasagas for providing us with our intro music, Hey Chihuahua, from their 2009 album entitled Crash Monster Beach, and our outro music, End of Summer, off their 2017 album, Return of the Wasagas. Be sure to check them out and download their music on iTunes today. And we especially want to say mahalo to all you listeners out there. We're so grateful that you chose to join us for this episode, and we look forward to providing you with even more awesome content in the future, because there are more episodes on their way. In the meantime, feel free to go back and listen to previous episodes. And if you enjoyed listening or watching the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and a review, and share with your family and friends over social media or by telling people about it. You can also watch the show by visiting our YouTube channel, Freshwater Surf Goods. To learn more about Freshwater Surf Goods and to check out our products and services, 
visit freshwatersurfgoods.com. Be sure to sign up for the newsletter to stay up to date on new products, events, our SUP and yoga schedule, and other exciting news. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Freshwater Surf Kids. We are currently in need of artists and graphic designers to help us out with new product designs for the brand. We need photographers to provide some great lakes in both East Coast and West Coast surf photography. We need musicians for music on the podcast. We want to make this a real community effort and have you all be a part of it. Or if you have an idea for collaboration, would like to recommend a future guest, would like to invite me to an event or book me to teach SUP or yoga, or if you or your company are interested in being a sponsor of the show, hit me up on social media or email me at Derek at freshwatersurfkids.com. That's Derek spelled the Viking way. No double R's or C's, just D-E-R-I-K at freshwatersurfkids.com. And finally, Freshwater Surf Goods, our SUP school, Great Vibes Yoga, Meditation and Healing, and the Permastoke podcast are all currently based out of Vancouver, BC, with the intention of relocating to the Great Lakes region. My preference is to move somewhere along the coast of Lake Huron between Concordia and Sauble Beach to get that good surf and be in the woods somewhere. But we are open to other coastal communities in Southern Ontario. If you have any advice on how I might bring my business there and get set up, I would be extremely grateful. Also, I understand that I may need to get a real job for a while, so my education and work background is primarily in Native community work, frontline emergency social service work, and coordinating both long-term and short-term nonprofit programs and projects. If you have any leads or suggestions around potential employment opportunities or relocation services and how we might make the transition from the West Coast back to Ontario, it would be greatly appreciated. I look forward to next time and getting to know you all better. In the meantime, I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. Mahalo, freshies. Keep surfing and stay stoked.